Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. by the Saints for a touchdown! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again! And guess who? Mike Thomas! Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! We are Inside Black and Gold. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. And we've got some new... Saints wide receiver news to talk about. Uh, there's also some questionable grades given out to, I think, someone a lot of people consider an authority on analytics and PFF on some free agency grades. And then we're also going to get into some over-unders from Vegas, which I'm more interested in than hearing, I guess, what PFF has to say about what they're expecting, not just from the Saints, but the entire NFC South, the conference kind of curious to see how that turns out because i feel like people have been there there may be sleeping too much on the saints i think we should be grading the free agency graders before they can give out grades but we'll, we'll get into that yeah in the second <laughs> segment and then we can also talk about you know some of the some of the rule changes that are being talked about this week at the owners meetings i think we're going to hear from dennis allen on wednesday on tuesday um and so we'll have that for the Friday episode of this podcast. But it is funny because we were talking this morning about, you know, we don't have that much to talk about because nothing had happened since Thursday, really, (laughs) in terms of, you know, any news for the first segment, which is usually where we kind of plug the news that's happened. And then wouldn't you know it, 10 minutes after we have that conversation, (laughs) the Saints agree to terms with Brian Edwards, which it's rare to get to the day that the team signs a contract with a player without having already learned about the team signing a contract with the player. But that's what happened. It was only about 30 minutes before he like penned a paper that it was actually reported that Brian Edwards had signed with the Saints, which is kind of it's kind of rare, which means that we actually got to talk to Brian today. So we will have some sound for you to play in this segment of us of the interview with Brian after he signed his contract. So that'll be something. But yeah, it's it's not necessarily a surprise to me that the saints went after brian edwards what is a surprise to me is 
I feel like I heard about Brian Edwards a lot more than his stats with the Raiders would indicate. Like it felt like he was working with Derek Carr for a while and it felt like he had some success there, but it was only two seasons and the numbers are not exactly jumping off the page at you. He, in his rookie season, which is 2020, he was a third round pick, by the way, out of South Carolina, 6'3", about 215 pounds, 11 catches on 15 targets, 193 yards and a touchdown, 2021, 34 catches on 59 targets, which isn't a terrible number. You know, he's a mildly used receiver, 571 yards, three touchdowns. And then last year, he got traded to the Falcons, really only played in a couple games, Got had three catches for 15 yards. So it is interesting. And you kind of look at this roster and you say, where where is he going to fit in? And I think the spot that he's going to be filling realistically is whatever role you had carved out from Marquez Callaway last year. I think he's going to be in a similar situation as Marquez, where you're not going to use him in the kind of regular offense, but he will be incorporated if you maybe you're without a couple players, maybe you're without a Michael Thomas or a Chris Olave or Rashid Shahid, then he would be kind of that first guy off the bench. Um, and that's why I think that familiarity with Derek Carr is very helpful in this in this regard. Yeah, pretty curious to see you know what more he can bring to the wide receiver room right now. I know he's a pretty you know big body guy. You, you think contested catches, but I just you know there hasn't been that much development even with Derek Carr, even though he spent two years with him. So it's yeah, there's some familiarity there. I, I doubt that's this is someone that you know Carr is going to be looking at as a quote unquote security blanket or anything. You yeah. know, you start I, you just start thinking about about names coming over from the Raiders, and you would think that they would have. I, I thought there'd be more familiarity too with each other. I guess like what you were saying, he wasn't with, even on the Raiders last year, <laughs> right? And then he, I think he had like even a cup of coffee with the Chiefs. Yeah, he ended up on their practice squad, but he never got in a game. Right. I think he was on the Falcons for seven games. He was there uh, in that week one game with the Saints. So he was on the field. He had a target in that game. He didn't have a catch. His whirlwind experience in Atlanta included that game. So that's uh, unfortunate for him. Well, hopefully, one- he, hopefully he can come here and challenge uh, the Saints underachieving third round p- draft pick at wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, he and Traquan can hang out and you know have blocking competitions. There you go, right. One thing that I did think was interesting <laughs> is while he said that Derek Carr's signing here kind of made this a more likely landing spot for him, he didn't actually talk to Derek Carr. He had not talked to Derek Carr as of the time we talked to him today, which is kind of interesting. And here's what he had to say about uh, about that situation in general. Honestly, I didn't, you know, just kind of knowing who he is as a person and, and knowing, you know, what you're going to get out of him. I didn't really need to. I kind of, you know, built up a relationship with him and you know what you're going to get out of Derek. You're going to get somebody who works hard and who's, uh, you know, willing to put himself out there and willing to lead. So I don't really need to talk to him much. But yeah, like he speaks highly of Derek Carr, but it's not like these two guys are like kismet. Like they're not like, I mean, I think there's respect there. There's mutual respect there, but it's not like, you know, like the Raiders brought in Devontae Adams, who Derek Carr played with at Fresno State. And that was very specifically done because there is a relationship there and they like playing with each other. And I don't know if that is necessarily this situation other than they're comfortable playing together. And that's a good start. And I think as you're learning a new offense, having someone doing it at the same time that you 
do share kind of a language with is helpful. I think it's the same reason the Saints were interested in bringing in Foster Morrow. And that obviously didn't work for obvious crazy reasons. He got diagnosed with cancer. So I think this was kind of their concession of we wanted a guy who can maybe be a big bodied receiver. We wanted a guy who is kind of in the same boat of coming from the Raiders to here and, and learning that new system. And Brian just made a lot of sense. Yeah. It wasn't like he came out and was like, Oh yeah, me and Derek were boys. Right. Kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It did um, not, I did not get that sense at all that like that they hung out on the weekends or anything like that. Like for them not to be in contact at all, it means that Brian probably doesn't have his cell phone number. Cause like, wouldn't you text him? Guess what, dude? Right. Right. So we're getting like, the band back together. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not, it's not, it's not an issue per se. Maybe, maybe Brian lost his cell phone when he went to Atlanta and he just doesn't have his numbers, right? Like there's a lot of reasons that might be the case, but it is like, you know, a lot of times you'll hear that interview and there's no reason not to be like, oh yeah, that's my boy, you know? And in this case, it just was not that interaction at all. No, I, I'm sure they were good teammates and all, but it does. Yeah. It definitely wasn't something where, like you said, it was this, this, this spark and there's this connection and it was maybe Derek Carr going to the Saints Hey, why don't you maybe right. bring bring Edwards in, kind of thing? I don't, I don't even think. Yeah, Carr was probably like, who? Uh, yeah, I think that's a. <laughs> I don't think that, but I, I think that's a good a good way to phrase it. It's like Derek didn't go to the Saints and be like, "Can you get me Brian Edwards?" Right, right, right. Like that's not what drew this. Whereas it could still work. I think they do work pretty well together in that, like Brian Edwards didn't have a great season, but thirty catches, five hundred yards, three touchdowns. There is production there. Funny thing about Brian Edwards is I actually covered him when he was in high school in Conway, South Carolina. It was almost a decade ago. It was in 2013. And I just vividly remember this. The quarterback throwing the ball was named Peyton Derrick, hmm. which it's just like that's such a that's such a unique combination of names that fits this team so perfectly. <laughs> Peyton Derek, Derek Carr's throwing on the ball. Peyton, hmm. Peyton, Sean Payton's the former. Anyway, it was spelled like Peyton Manning, but it, that was his first name. But I remember that game, and I remember watching it. And this was a one and eight football team. This was not a good football team, but you saw him out there, and he was returning punts. And you were like, "This guy's just a different type of athlete." Like they were kicking away from him because if they kicked the ball to him, he was going to score every time. So they would like kick it twenty yards out of bounds, knowing that if they did anything else. They, they weren't going to get away with it. And uh, he and Hunter Renfro, they played about 13 miles apart from each other. Hunter Renfro was a quarterback for Sockesty in high school in South Carolina. And I, it was always kind of neat to me that they ended up on the same team in the NFL because they weren't even on the same team in college. Brian went to South Carolina. Hunter went to Clemson. And then they met on the Raiders. And that there's nothing insightful about this whatsoever other than it's just kind of crazy like a decade ago i was watching this kid play high school football in south carolina and now he's going to be on the saints yeah i mean i'm interested to see like what exactly the the rest of how this is going to shake out for the the, the depth chart i guess you could say at wide receiver for the saints obviously we know you got michael thomas chris olave i guess after that you'd say rashid shaheed uh or traquan well, what's going to happen with a guy like Kawan Baker, Kirk Merritt, Keith Kirkwood still out there too, you know? Um, I mean, uh, that's what training camp's obviously going to come for. And we'll see, if, we'll, we'll, we'll see if there's a uh, 
that connection right away that we see Carr maybe looking towards Edwards' way a little more than some others because there is a familiarity. I don't know. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Okay, so this is kind of this is really random, but I was just I had to go check to see if Quan Baker was still on the Saints because I had a dream the other night, and this is super weird. But I had a dream that involved someone. I remember it was like someone was saying, "Oh, this is going to be the breakout of 2023," and they were like Kawan Baker, and I was like, "Wait, what do you mean?" And it was like he was on like the Packers or something because because the Packers came and signed him off the practice squad, and then I woke up, and then I'm but like and. Just now, I was it like, "Wait, hit you, right? He's still on the Saints, or did he get signed off the practice squad, or did I dream that?" <laughs> and apparently, I dreamed that Kawan Baker got signed off the Saints practice squad. He is not; he is still there. So, yes, you know, he was suspended six games to start last season. I think that really undermined any chance he had to have an impact on the roster. They did keep him around, so it does indicate that, at least to some extent. The Saints do like him. They drafted him in the seventh round out of South Alabama. So maybe this is a year where he can fight for a bigger role because, as we kind of alluded to, Marquez Callaway is out of town. Jarvis Landry is still a free agent. So there are roster spots to be had. Marquez Callaway signed with the Broncos. Uh, Sean Payton is kind of getting the gang back together. He also signed Tony Jones Jr. and Lil Jordan Humphrey. Also lured Joe Vitt out of retirement. Everyone remember Joe Vitt. Joe's decided to come back, huh? From what I saw, he he is coming back. They Sean oh, Lewis out of retirement. So um, yeah, and so he's got a very familiar looking staff up there. You got Michael Lombardi, you got Declan Doyle, you got Zach Streif. It's basically Saints West at this point. But I mean, there are openings to be had in this wide receiver room. I don't think Brian Edwards is necessarily a lock to make the roster it's going to depend on how things go in camp, right? And if a guy like Kawan Baker shows up and impresses, if a guy like Kirk Merritt shows up and impresses, I think this is a year where you have the top end depth on the roster, but you don't have the bottom end side of that equation. So whoever stands out on special teams, whoever stands out in their role could be on the roster. And that could be Brian, could be Kirk, could be Kawan, could be any of these guys, could be, you know, draft pick number three, you know, Whatever. I do expect the Saints will use at least one draft pick on a wide receiver. I think that's going to be an interesting position to watch this year for sure. Yeah, there's like you said, the the draft. And then obviously afterwards, the undrafted rookies, there always seems to be that story with this team. Who knows? It'll be interesting. Like I said, training camp time, that's that's definitely a position that I think there's a lot more, I guess you would say, position more battles to watch 
for snaps than many would think just because you're hoping, obviously, you have, you know, your Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and Rashid Shahid as, I think, your top three. Yeah, and someone's going to make this team as a kick returner. You know, because Rashid's not going to be an ex- – I mean, he will be the kick returner, but he is also going to be incorporated in the offense. So I imagine he will only take one of two. Like, I don't think he's going to be a full-time wide receiver and a full-time punt returner and right. a full-time kick returner. I think you'll probably try to have him either kick return or punt return and then have someone else handle the opposite to kind of keep that load a bit off of him. I would guess he returns punts and then you have someone else returning kicks. That would be my guess. So – you know, if one of these wide receivers kind of stands out, and I don't think Brian Edwards is that guy. Um, that's just not, you know, he's 6'3", 215. He's not a speedster. Uh, I think that's going to be a role. You know, like I think Marcus Sherrills was a guy they brought in way back when. Like it could be a defensive back, right? Like it's not unheard of to have a defensive back return kicks. Um, but they just typically wouldn't see the ball skills. So you'd be a little more concerned about the ball security back there. Um, either way, like with Deontay gone, with Marquez gone, those were your... You know, Marquez was always the safety net at returning, and he's gone now. Deontay's gone, right? So there's going to have to be somebody who can, like, what if Rashid gets hurt? Who's going to return kicks? Just have, you have Taysom do it. Well, right. It's Maybe that is where you go. But either way, you're going to have to figure something out for a secondary returner. And so, you know, who knows? Maybe Kawan can do that. You know, he's a fast guy. That, that's interesting, yeah, because I, I hadn't really considered him. I don't know if he's done that, obviously, in the past. But yeah, that was something curious, I thought, too, even with last year when he got suspended, that even as a seventh round draft pick, I thought his time was very you know shortcoming. His end was near for the Saints, but they, they decided to keep him around. They must like what they see. They do see from him. Or even with the suspension, right? Like they could have easily. Yeah, right. It was like, eh. And he ran a 4-4-5, 40. That's pretty, that's pretty good. I don't know. Either way. That's something to keep an eye on. I'm just um, waiting until we can say Kawan Baker, the touchdown maker, you know, something. Yeah, right, right. Uh, and so, yeah, here's a, one more clip from uh, Brian on why he picked the Saints. You know, obviously, uh, you guys got uh, Derek Carr. You guys got Jonathan Abram, a couple of guys that I'm pretty familiar with. And uh, just the opportunity, man, I know, you know, what you guys do and, and kind of some things you do on offense. So I felt like I would be a great fit here. And I felt like, you know, it would be a great opportunity for me and my family. You know, I just feel like I, I bring a, a willing competitor, you know, somebody who's willing to to, to do whatever it takes to, to make the roster and to contribute. This is a guy who I think had a rough year last year, right? Like he's a third round pick. He got cut in year three. He got traded from the Raiders to the Falcons and then got cut from a bad roster in Atlanta. Like that was not a good team. They didn't have Calvin Ridley because he was suspended anyway. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy who got cut from a very subpar roster. Um, and so he's got, I think he's going to have to prove something to this, to this Saints team to make sure that they actually keep him around. Yeah. The biggest thing, I guess, you want to, you want to hope for, obviously, the, there was talent there, obviously, to be a third round pick. We haven't seen really, oh, he was enough, good at South Carolina, but we haven't really seen enough from him, obviously, in the NFL hopefully coming to this Saints team is is some kind of spark lit beneath him and he gets that chip on his shoulder I guess because yeah right right now just looking at numbers only n- nothing really stands out to you that you know makes me really overly excited about the signing 
Yeah, I mean, in college, he had 234 catches for 3,045 yards and 13, I'm sorry, 22 touchdowns. So, like, he was very productive in college. And I think for if Brian makes this roster, it's going to be because he shows that he can excel at contested catches. That is something that Dennis Allen pointed to specifically at the end of last season, saying we need to be better in that area. We really didn't have anybody who could do that. Uh, I think Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry were kind of, 1A and 1B in that regard. Like you brought in Jarvis Landry because he was that guy. And if Mike Thomas went down, you could turn to him. Well, they both went down. But I think you still do want to have someone behind Mike who can at least, you know, I don't think anyone's going to replicate what Mike can do. But in the sense that they are physically similar and you can at least run your offense the same way, I think that's what your goal is here. And I don't know if anyone else on this roster can do that. So if, if for Brian Edwards, I think, you know, more so than special teams, like he's going to have to play special teams. I think that during camp, he's going to have to prove that he can be, I don't want to say elite, but be upper, upper echelon in terms of you're not going to get wide open separation, but you've got to be able to go up and box out these smaller players and make plays. And if he can do that, then he is a useful person for this team because I'm not going to sit here and bet on Mike Thomas playing 17 games. Even if he's healthy, I think you're probably looking at 14, 15, right? Like even, I I think he's a maintenance guy, right? Like you see that in the NBA, load maintenance. I think you have to be cognizant of that with Mike. So having someone who can slot in is important. And that's, to me, that's the big thing with, with Brian, that's what we're going to have to watch for in training camp. No, like you mentioned, definitely uh, Dennis Allen mentioning uh, the contested catch aspect is going to be something huge. And hopefully whoever does come in too can sit down with Chris Olave a little and help him out. Yeah, that is going to be something to watch with Chris. He talked about at the end of last season, getting stronger, getting more physically imposing. So he's not getting bullied as much um, as he goes downfield. And so, Hopefully he can do that. Hopefully that is something he's put a lot of time in this offseason. So because I'm I'm very interested to see how he progresses from year one to year two. Cause I think he does a lot of things really, really well, but he does some very specific things not well. Right? Like he is not a a perfectly all-around receiver right now, or at least he wasn't last year. And part of that is ball security, part of that is going up and making a tough catch. And then part of that is getting open. And he gets open as well as anybody. What he needs to do is make catches when he isn't able to create five yards separation. What he needs to be able to do is go to the ground with the ball and not drop it. And so, yeah, that's that, there's all that that you're going to have to watch. For. That's that's one of the thing up there. It might have been maybe at some times it was a bad thing last year, but I, you could always tell the gears were always turning up there for him. Um, he's definitely a very cerebral, I feel like, wide receiver too. And maybe – you definitely know where he's going to sit down and look at the tape and, and obviously know where he needs to make improvements. I just, I just see that, that same kind of desire that you had with, a, with, a, with a Michael Thomas, that, that want there constantly. We'll, we'll see if he, how he comes in at camp. Cause the, the bulking up body wise is definitely something that's, that's going to be needed, even though he shunned away from it. I remember I, when first drafted and then it was like, nah, I'm going to, I'm going to need to bulk up a little bit here. Yeah, he learned throughout his first season. And I think Mike Thomas, too, is is a good example of someone who he didn't always look like he does now. Like when he came into the league, he was much a much thinner looking frame and he bulked up significantly in year two and three. And so that's something that I don't think Chris wants to get too bulky. I think part of 
what makes him good is being able to be smooth down the field and transition into and out of his breaks. And so you don't want to add too much weight and lose some of that. But I think there's a middle ground and, and he's got to find it. But all right, let's let's wrap that segment up. We'll come back. We're going to talk about some of the other free agent signings and more specifically the grade they got from Pro Football Focus because I think there's I, I have questions about their methodology and uh, how they ended up where they did. So keep it locked on inside black. Like- 